This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to Knockin' Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. You know, whenever I'm going through something challenging, I always remember someone always has it worse. And so truly, and I just have to be, you know, I went through a horrible divorce. Everything was public, all that stuff. And I, I, I had to get to a point where I couldn't even read anything, didn't want to hear about it. And, you know, I could have gone down another path, um, you know, but I had to just live in a bubble and really regroup and know what's important and focus on that. Because at the end of the day, who's there at the end of the day? Before we get to Denise Richards, here's a few words from our sponsors. This episode of Knocking Doors Down is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the Knockin' Doors Down podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. This episode of Knockin' Doors Down is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com and use the code KDD. Inside the 5150 Studios, this is Knocking Doors Down. All about those who have uh, found their purpose, fueled their passion, and lived for joy. I'm your host, Jason Lachance. My co-host over there, Mike Naraki. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's going on, people, huh? No, nah, we're switching it up today. That's good. Uh, hey, thanks, guys, for listening. Of course, we're going to be speaking with Denise Richards. I'm your host, Jason Lachance. Been through some adverse situations in life. I do raise my hand at meetings and say, Jason, alcoholic. But, hey, that's what uh, brought me to this point in life of doing this Knocking Doors Down podcast with my co-host, Mikey Naraki, who, well, he's been busted a time or two. Yeah, what are you going to do? Our guest today, Denise Richards. What a joy to speak with. She was just an awesome, vibrant, positive person, humorous. We had a lot of laughs in this conversation as well. Yeah, super down to earth, loved talking to her, had a blast. Uh, we get into some of the areas, of course, you'd want to probably know about, uh, you know, concerning her divorce with Charlie mm-hmm. Sheen. We talk a lot about her mental health after that, how she handled the situations. Being a parent and co-parenting during a pandemic and uh, so much more. Of course, some of her career highlights, including, 
you know, what it was like for her doing the nude scene in Wild Things and, you know, going to her parents and talking about it because it's kind of a, a serious thing that not the average person deals with, but she was really gracious in talking about it. And of course, we were respectful. I mean, that's got to be an awkward conversation to have with your parents, you know? Like, you're doing scenes like Wild Things. It's It's got to be... Unco- I mean, she obviously nailed it, but it was, you know, that's got to be tough, right? I mean, I wouldn't yeah. know, but I would assume so. <laughs> we really enjoy this conversation. We hope you guys do too. And of course, we can't do any of this without... 5150. That's right. We are all swagged out with 5150 LTM. If you're following us on social media, which is at Knocking Doors Down on Instagram and Facebook, if you're following us on Twitter, that would be at KDD Media Company. You'll see we're sporting 5150 gear wherever we go when we go out. Speak to our guests in person. Jason. Yeah. What's the promo code? If you want 20% off right now, well, click the link in the description and use the promo code KDD20 for 20% off. What is it? KDD20 for 20% off at checkout. Sick. Just click the link in the description and go to 5150LTM.com. How am I? Oh, you look like shit as always, but that's all right. That's what I deal with, Denise. You look fabulous. Thank you. Denise Richards told That's me I look fabulous. That's on camera, too. So. Denise Richards said you look fabulous. There's our headlines you do right there. You look fabulous, and I love all your tattoos. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I got kids. <laughs> I can't afford as many as him. <laughs> They're expensive, kids are. Oh, fucking Christ. Yes, <laughs> they know, are, right? right? Kids are crazy. And you expensive. live here? No, we live up um, north of Fresno. Okay. So we travel. But you down. live in California. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah it's expensive. Oh, oh yeah. California is expensive. It's really crazy expensive. Right? expensive. My parents are like, we're going to move out of California. And I'm like, well, send me a postcard because I love it here. Love the weather here. Two know, hours from the beach, two hours from the snow. It's it always is sunny. Nice. Like, I know. We yeah. are very lucky. And the Niners are here. So, but we, <laughs> live, we live in like ag area. So it's like, you know, people always say, oh, where do you live? Well, well Northern California. Because everybody thinks when you say California, you fucking live in L.A., right? You surf to school. Right. Right. You know the Kardashians. Yeah. Like, that's you have the a season pass right. to fucking Disneyland. Exactly. Right? No, they always, have no idea. Yeah, it's like, no. <laughs> no. Sometimes this shit sucks. The smog, the ag. Yes. The, and then COVID hit. We're all coughing. It's like it's allergies, dude. I'm surrounded by I, right, dust right? and all that crap. It's yeah. true. Well, being a parent too, how did you handle like the, the COVID times? I mean, because the mm. kids, with the kids going back and forth, and um, it's actually it's it's difficult. And our uh, the kids are actually going back to school in person this week. Oh, okay. But our daughter, our one daughter, she wanted to at first. She just wanted to continue doing. Uh, they sent an email of if you want to do the distance learning right. still or in person, and. I, the, the, the fact for them to have to wear a mask six to eight hours all day is difficult and we're coming into the heat as well. Yeah. Um, so at first she wanted to continue doing what she's doing, but now she's going to start next week in person. So we'll see how it goes. Are you comfortable? What, what were your thoughts when they gave you the option? There's only six weeks of school left mm-hmm. and I felt just finished the year out the way the kids are right now they've already gotten into a groove and i do we have a group of kids they i let there's definitely more sleepovers during the week which i (laughs) would not have done because i want them to socialize Mm -hmm. and they do their zoom school next to each other a group of friends in the room i don't care i just want them to be able to it's one of my daughters it's her um first year of high school she's a freshman Mm -hmm. and last year eighth grade 
you know, it's K through eight. These kids all went to school together and they were really close. And they unfortunately got, they had to miss their graduation. They missed their trip to DC, all these things that are big moments in their life at that age. Of course, yeah. But I told her, you know, there's going to be bigger moments down the line and you'll have all that other stuff too. But it's hard. But I, I like that they can socialize and hang out with their friends while they're doing their zoom school with each other. Well, that's important too. Cause being away from school, when this whole thing first started, you, you know, kids were developing social anxiety cause they're not used to being around kids. I know my nephews did. So having all these friends come over sleepovers and whatnot, it's good because it's keeping them around people because the first couple months was scary. We didn't know what the hell was going I on. I mean, we still kind of don't, I guess, but it was just more so <laughs> we're not going to even get you know, into that. that yeah. Not even, but yeah, yeah I, I just don't want them living in fear <clears throat> either. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I do think you still have to move forward with life. And I I didn't want my girls to be completely isolated Mm -hmm. from every single person. Obviously there's, there's a group of people that we're close to that they're, you know, safe and they, we all feel comfortable with each other. So after a few months, you're like, okay, it's time for, for me personally, I know Mm -hmm. every parent's different, but I I wanted them to be able to socialize and hang out again. No, absolutely. For me, it was heartbreaking. I got my oldest, uh, my son is on the uh, autism spectrum. And so he has enough trouble as is. So he's definitely had a lot of that. How old is your oldest? He is 12. Okay. Going on 35. Brilliant okay. Kid. Oh, that <laughs> and then me. my daughter, she's 13 months younger, the brilliant little artist, and she's such a social butterfly. So it was like, you know. Okay, what did you do with your one. oldest? Because our youngest, she's um, she's got uh, development delays mm-hmm. and um, special needs as well. And it's been extremely difficult trying to figure out school during COVID for her. Was your son okay? doing the zoom and um he is such a great self-learner that's kind of where his strength is i mean what 12 year old reads 1984 i mean that's the book he's reading right now yeah so he's he's a switched on little dude way too smart for his age but when it comes to social it's his anxiety so what uh his mom and i have done is uh he's got zoom meetings with a counselor and then there's other kids that are on the spectrum so they'll sit and like social like if he met you you know it'd be you know i'd have to you know son say hi to miss denise and hi no look look at her and shake her you know but the sweetest kid once you get him talking about his topic then he goes goes on and oh we're with denise richards by the way she missed it um so it it is a challenge what's going on oh not too much sorry it's sweating it's a little warm in here yeah darren but okay yeah, so um, we so, do we do everything we can we, right. we to to socialize, and he just has those those issues anyways. When he was in regular public school, they went to a homeschool program. It was just a challenge for him really to socialize anyway. So right. it's just work. It's just work helping him un- understand and becoming a, a reactionary response. You know, so it's part of being a parent, right? What's you, the, you you don't have kids. I am a single father of a chihuahua. <laughs> that's so all I got. Just, no, that's, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of work. My I dog and myself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I have my Buddy, immediate family, but no kids. You are uncle of the year, though. You I, are I'm, badass. I'm the funkle. Oh, I'm the funkle. That's good. They got that's skateboards. Important. I'll yes. take them to the skate park because that used to be my passion. You know, I'm just that's like, nice. get on this, dude. Yeah. You got it. You got it. And there's, I don't know. I'm like, it's okay. So, and I got a one-year-old niece as well. 
That's good. Yeah, little Maya. But how are you handling it with it all, with the kids, and and how do you, how do you maintain it? Obviously, you know, parent we're parents first and foremost, and then if we were in addition to parents, we have a relationship, and then it's like work and all these things, and you're just a, you're a busy woman. Like, how do you um, hang in there with this stuff? Like when the cameras on and off, and you know, I was actually in Spain when the lockdown happened, oh, and geez. I got out the day before the flights were canceled. I was filming there, and and then I had to go back to work there in July. Oh, sure. So I was flying back and forth from uh, Spain during all of it, and uh, and then also working in LA and with the kids. It, actually, it was there was something. the The one good thing I will say is I think it really brought the family together oh, for more, sure. and you're forced to, you know, just be a little bit more grounded. And I felt it reminded me when I was a kid where you're figuring, you know, finding things around the house to entertain yourselves mm-hmm. and yeah. and just having that more, you know, especially living in California, whether you live in LA or not, you're on the go here. Yeah. And we're just, you know, constantly doing that. So I, I think that I actually liked that we were forced to slow down. And so that was one good thing that I think was really wonderful yeah. for our family and you know, but of course, the the hard thing is hearing the teenagers fight with each other. <laughs> That's tough. Um, I've all girls, so right. it's a lot of estrogen in the house for my husband. <laughs> oh, shit. And uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I yeah. think you really you know we just get through it. It's obviously a time we're never going to forget. None of us for have sure. ever experienced this, but. Yeah. You have to, I, I just feel terrible, obviously, for, especially for all the small businesses and, of course. you know, um, and, you know, people losing homes and stuff. It's just devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to find the positive and what's going on, I think, is wonderful being able to reconnect with mm-hmm. our, our family, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of family, one area I always like to jump back. What was Denise like as a kid? What were you into? Because um, I've seen your father, your interaction with him on yeah. camera. And he seems like just the sweetest man. But what Thank were you, you. like? Uh, I was, I loved, um, you know, I grew up in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So we were a family. We were actually a Nielsen family where we were um, picked as like your for typical, the ratings. yeah, where they put that box on your television to see yeah. what you're watching because right. we were your typical all American family. It was you know mom and dad, me and my sister. We were Catholic. We went to church every Sunday. My mom made sure we were all eating dinner every night at six o'clock. <laughs> and but for me myself, I was always. Um, I was very spontaneous, but I loved animals even from a young age. Uh, I was on T-ball, but then I would play with Barbies. So I was just, uh, I think, uh, an adventurous kid. I loved to do things, and I was very, you know, I liked to be active, too. Mm. Curious. Very. Are you yeah. still that way with a lot of things? It's yeah. like you see something, it's like, shit, I want to try that. Let's go try that. Yeah, I am. And I, I think that's one of the, so my sister, she works at a hospital and she's got a very, obviously a very different job than I do. And I love that my job, sometimes I don't know when I'm going to work, but it's also exciting to then 
you know, ha- always getting that next adventure of where I'll be filming and, mm, yeah. you know, meeting new people and traveling. And that I feel so blessed and so lucky that over the years I've been able to do that and, you know, travel the world with my work and be able to explore and um, meet different people and see different mm. places. So, but I'm also a homebody too. Like I love, when I'm home, I love to be home. I love to cook. I love to, you know, have that, our family and entertain with friends and, and that kind of thing though too. Yeah. When did the acting, when did the bug start? I think ever since I was little, I really was very interested in it. But I, like I said, I grew up in Illinois, so Mm -hmm. it never seemed like it would ever be uh, a possibility. I Mm -hmm. just loved movies and um, especially, you know, growing up, I watched Grease 5,000 times. (laughs) I wanted to be her so badly. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and, and then, but my father, he worked for Illinois Bell and he worked outside climbing telephone poles. So my father worked outside and had a, you know, in 30 below weather. I don't know if you guys are from California or if you're born and raised, but we've been to Chicago. Chicago's a little chilly. Yeah. Yeah. It's cold as hell. I've done some cold weather, (laughs) some some Nevada winters and shit. So I've been through not, not 30 below, but hitting that zero. Yeah. Well, my dad and my parents, they watched, um, I've said this before, they saw um, Battle of the Network Stars, and it was in January, my dad said, and he couldn't believe that the celebrities were in shorts and a t-shirt in January. Mm -hmm. And so he followed the weather for San Diego for like a week, and he, you know, moved us to California because he was tired of being out in the the snow. So I moved to the San Diego area when I was Mm. uh, 15, after my freshman year of high school. I love San Diego. How did you so, handle the transition? It was really hard at yeah. first. It was a big, big. I'm change. sorry. How old were you? When Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. So it was. I finished my freshman year in Illinois, mm-hmm. and then moved, and it was so different going yeah. to school yeah. out here, and it was hard. It was a hard adjustment. Um, and then, but I took drama classes in high school, and. I was in a um, a model search competition, so I, I started modeling when I was um, before I turned sixteen, and uh, then started acting. I think when I was twenty, but I played a lot younger, so I was able to do the hours that kids couldn't do. I was in the children's division. You know, I was twenty <laughs> years old at my first agency, and so I didn't have to have a huge resume. Right starting out so i was really lucky that i was able to do you know just small parts and just started building up my resume from there and then how long did it take you get did you get stuff going pretty quickly or did it take a little bit of time uh yeah well when i first signed with the agency that i was with i got my um i got my first job was um Either Saved by the Bell or Doogie Howser. It was those oh, two no got me my SAG card. One taft hartley me, <laughs> and then the other one got me my card. And I thought, well, this is easy. I went on two auditions, and I'm working. Well, then I got rejected so many times after that and saw <laughs> it's not always that easy. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I did several pilots that never got picked up. And 
Uh, I did a pilot for the producers of Married with Children, and we mm. all thought, oh, this, of course, didn't yeah. get picked up. Did one for Aaron Spelling during the height of 90210 and Melrose Plays. Didn't get picked up. And then um, I got very lucky and got Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I auditioned for that like five or six times. It was months of auditioning. They went everywhere to audition. And it took quite a while for the process. And, you know, we were very lucky that they spent uh, the budget, which was over, I think it was $150 million on the special effects. So they didn't have the money to, you know, pay an (laughs) A-list star to be in their movie. And so us unknowns got very lucky that we were able to do the the movie. I got two questions about that movie. Well, because I love it. But did you, like, looking back, go... Man, I was like a strong female character in an action movie before that was the thing. And B, when you read the script, you go, okay, what the fuck is this bug shooting shit from space? Or were you just like, this is kind of fucking cool. I'm in because I love the movie, but I'm a sci-fi. We, I, I thought this, first of all, I, I didn't think about how strong the character was until years later. I just wanted to get through the movie and hope I didn't get fired. (laughs) When I got the part, I, we were all, what was so great about that experience is all of us were at the same level in our career. We were all very excited Mm -hmm. to be doing it. It was a six month shoot and we had the best time and I'm still very close to quite a few people from the movie. That's awesome. But I was just, you know, we were kind of, a lot of us were almost like a deer in headlights trying to navigate <laughs> through it. And we were very, you know, and Paul Verhoeven is a very passionate animated director, which I loved and I loved working with him. And we, you know, a lot of those scenes, obviously those bugs aren't there. So we're trying yeah. to imagine, well, we don't know what this is. We'll just try and do it and hope for the best. <laughs> Was it like, okay, you hate spiders. There's a big one right up oh, there. No, he had know? a stick with a tennis ball. Paul Verhoeven oh, would be running with it and doing stuff and we're supposed to react to that and you see the little um there obviously there was so much um involved with that movie with all the the you know, the special effects and everything and we would see little um just a smaller version of what it will look like and everything we're like oh okay this could be cool <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> that's awesome uh so starship troopers probably the first bigger thing that people started recognizing you and where do we go from there was wild things it was wild things so after starship before that came out i auditioned for wild things and the director uh john mcnaughton he actually called paul verhoeven to see how i was to work with and he went and um he showed him scenes that i did even though it was a completely different character and so i i shot that right after and then they came out within four months of each other like starship came out that like november and then um wild things was in the spring right after um so those are the two movies that yeah um really i was able to start working mm-hmm. how old were you at the time when those came out um let's see i think i was 25 when i did starship okay yeah. So when you get the script for Wild Things, you get to the part where it's like, 
Oh, wow. Okay, they want nudity in this. How did you kind of, because like I said, I was curious with the relationship with the father because I have a daughter and she's artistic and who knows if I was ever confronted with this. So let's take the wisdom from a woman who's been in this situation. So how was it that you kind of read that and went, hmm, how do I really navigate this? I'm not, and I don't mean just doing the scene, but really that kind of that decision. At, yes, that decision. Well, what's interesting when I was doing Starship before we started filming, Paul Verhoeven uh, had me meet with him, and he rewrote a scene where I was going to be topless in it. And I, I said to him, you know, this doesn't make sense for this character. I feel like it's just so you can Agreed. see me with my top off. <laughs> Uh, I said, I'm, I, I'm not doing it for this. It doesn't, if you can show me something where I feel it makes sense, like right. yeah. the scene where they're all in the shower, obviously you don't have your clothes on in the shower, right, sure. but my character wasn't that character, one of them. So uh, I left his office and I was uh, probably crying because I really thought, okay, I'm going to get fired. He's going to mm-hmm. fire me because I'm not going to do this scene. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't, thank God. And then when I saw the script for Wild Things, um, I loved the script. I thought it was so cool. And as an actress, to be able to do something really different and the complete opposite of what I just did, and I'm just starting out my career, that would be great to be able to, you know, do something like that. But it was definitely a hard decision. I called my... So I auditioned for it twice, and then I had to test for it, I think, the third time. And then, you know, it gets down to where you think, oh, there's a possibility you could get this. And yeah. now I got to figure out what am I going to do with these scenes? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but I talked to my mom mm-hmm. and my mom was very, uh, she was so supportive That's and awesome. she just said, it, you know, she trusted me. And I, I was always a one that was very focused on work. I was not a party girl. I wasn't. You know, I really just was focused on working. I had to work. I didn't come from money, so I had to work and, um, you know, take care of myself. But she knew I, you know, had a fairly good head on my shoulders, and she just said, I think that if this is something that you want to do, I we support you. Mm-hmm. And then I that shot helps. the movie, but when it came out, they I told my mom when those parts were coming, because my parents saw it, but my dad, you know, obviously didn't want to see his daughter yeah. In that way. Um, so my mom and him left during those, those parts. <laughs> I gave her a heads up. But I think what was hard for my parents was the tabloid stuff that yeah. follows all that. Sure, that was harder yeah. <laughs> than the actual work on screen. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's really the area that I'm curious about, you know, having done acting and, and that's kind of what I went to college for too, but ended up in radio. Um that when you do those things, you're outside of it because, you know, it's your expression, it's your art form. And it makes, like you said, it made sense for the script. It wasn't just for gratuitous, right. you know, because like you said, Starship Troopers, I couldn't see that character. She was, they were so totally opposite. But right. that's what I wonder about, like that, that thing that people don't realize that kind of pisses me off when stuff hits the tabloids and people are like, look at this person. Right. You use the word person. People forget when they're being mean. You know, it's right. shitty that it, celebrity, you're a person. You just do something that's in the public eye. So that's why I was curious about the handling of that, you know, what it was like with the family and for yourself. Uh, it, it was difficult. I, I, so the thing for me is that it's my job. 
And it doesn't define who I am as a person as far as, especially, you know, when you do certain roles. And that's why I was so lucky um, to be able to do different characters so that it's, okay, she played this there, but then this. It was the opposite. And then I, you know, I've done other things after that. But it's a, it's a, it's a, there's no handbook for it, how to, <laughs> yeah. and it, things changed over the years. Obviously, when I started, there wasn't um, all the social media right. and everything with that. But the, you know, the tabloids were what they were even back then. And it's hard to try to separate, keep it, to not take it personal. And mm-hmm. it was hard for my parents. And then they got to a place where they under, you, you know, I would be misquoted in something and they'd be, why'd you say that in an interview? Yeah. I'm like, I didn't say that in an interview. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that was hard trying to, um, I felt bad for them that they had to experience that because they, they were the parents of someone who they weren't doing this job. Yeah. I was, right. um, but it affected them because people would say things yeah. or, you know, bring things up to them. But I don't know. I, I'm still navigating it. <laughs> it's like sometimes <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's up and down. You yeah. do, it's hard. It's, you deal with it, but it's not easy for no. sure. No. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, you know, there's, there's not a, there's not print, you know, you mentioned your dad being a, a lineman and my dad was a truck driver. There's not any sort of print that, uh, you know, Mr. Lachance uh, screwed up dropping off a load of aggregate. You know what I'm saying? And so it's that, yeah. that thing. I'm sure it was. It would be tough. I could only imagine me as a parent. You know, having my kids and being there for them. Well, and not slipping up what you're saying too, because any little thing can be misquoted and turned yes. into something that it wasn't. I can't imagine just. What do you think about this? And every word has to be perfect. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you look like a complete asshole, villain, whatever. Not you, just one No, but I have. Moment. I've looked like an asshole. No, no, I just mean no, I have. An inter- you know, I've said yeah. shit, and it's like, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's these things, too. They're, ca- you know, <laughs> it's like when you're requested to always be on or whatever it is, and, it, you know, we've joked about it where we're like, oh, anybody asks for an autograph, we're never saying no, but it's like, no, I've I've like known people and haven't worked in rock radio for twenty years where it's like that poor bastard. You can't even walk to go to the bathroom, and you know people don't realize that sometimes it's like, look, I ate something that didn't set well with me. Can I just <laughs> go to the restroom and you know not yeah. take fifty five minutes or right. go to a theme park with my kids Disneyland and walk around and you know. It's well, like, you got to oh. understand too. It's like you feel the room first like for example before we got going i saw you walking up you didn't know who i was but i knew who you were and i was like oh, i'll see her you know we're gonna oh, she knew who you were. everybody knows who Mike you is. saw me on youtube <laughs> didn't you <laughs> just kidding no but it's like i'm not gonna she was talking so i'm not gonna we jump were in the middle about hair yeah well, i'm not gonna jump in the middle <laughs> of your autograph because it's rude you know you're talking to somebody and you obviously are going somewhere so it's like feel the room and some people just don't get that yeah i know it's it's shitty well let's go back to one of my trained of thought there as I'm jumping around so you know your parents with the tabloids but then obviously with your kids too with the stuff mm. having gone through the divorce you know one of the areas mm. that, I, that I wanted to understand having gone through divorce and recovery myself that that other side of, of um, as much as my ex and I have a good relationship but that that kind of thing when it's right. I fell in love 
I started a family. And yeah, shit went south. And then they're right. putting that out and then kind of helping not just your navigation, healing, moving on, the redating. And I remember you on the, the reality show talking about oh, yeah. referencing dating in Hollywood. It's like, oh, I fucking feel for her so bad. I can't imagine dating I, in Hollywood being like big yeah, stars. No, I can't imagine. Like, Single mom and all, you know. And, well, yeah, I mean, you could just be at a business dinner and it would be you know people would say you're dating so and so or whatever so yeah no it's uh it's not easy but i think dating it's it's hard anyway i think for where we are and it's hard you know yeah Uh, how did it deal with this you know when when the divorce you know happened and and obviously you know the 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 girls, you know, father whom we've spoken with, uh, you know, seeing Who that he loved, stuff. By the way, he loved oh, you guys. He's great. Oh, yeah. No, he told me yeah. how he had a we lot of fun. We loved him as well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, with, yeah, we're talking about Charlie in a couple of days, actually, again. Um, oh, but, he told me that today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, how is it that you're helping them, you know, the girls with this and, the, you know, it's like so much to keep together because I've thought about the fights of my ex-wife when I had and now get along you know so swimmingly well i think that and a lot of people ask me about that like going through a divorce and and my biggest advice when people ask me is i never wanted the kids to be privy to any discord between us because Mm. it had nothing to do with them and i didn't want them to ever feel that and so i did they were very obviously very little when we got divorced but the the stuff in the tabloids lasted years (laughs) years <laughs> yeah, yeah. where and i protect tried my best to protect them from all of that as much as i could and i never would want to say anything negative about him i wanted their journey and their experience in the relationship with their dad to be that i didn't want that it to be based off of what they may read or uh any personal experience that would be you know that was negative or whatever and so i i always told charlie i wanted us to always be even i don't care if we have to fake whatever we have to do i think it's important for the kids to feel super loved and not feel like they ever have to side with anyone I was say and like two sides and yeah stuff like i just that, think yeah. that all i think i came from my parents stayed married until my mother passed away so i didn't come from a divorced family but i imagine if i did i would want to feel I, I think that would create a lot of anxiety and insecurity if the parents are constantly fighting and the kids hear it or see oh, it. Yeah. So I never wanted them to see or hear any of that. Sure. Uh, kudos to you. Cause I know that that it happened because, you know, after my divorce, I was still off on the lunar lander, you know, trying to hold <laughs> oh, it together yeah. mentally and emotionally, you know, yeah, there were times that, yeah, we got into it and it, and it, and what you said. And so for anybody that's out there, that's, you know, talking with, Denise, that's prompting you, and you're hearing that. Uh, kudos to you because yes, that is the main thing: keeping those kids safe, secure, knowing they're loved in whatever home they're in. And it is. It's How old were your hard. kids when you? We've been divorced. So my son was six. My daughter was five. Okay. Yeah. So young. Yeah, they're and but they were old enough to know what it you know yes. mom and dad are in separate home and that's hard and yeah. that is a hard thing and um, no it's not it, it's not an easy thing to do to yeah. sometimes when you do have um, discord and 
shit going on between <laughs> the two people, but the, as hard as you can <laughs> to try to put it aside for them and be yeah. happy, blowing out that candle at that birthday dinner or whatever, just do when it. Inside, you're going, <laughs> mother. <laughs> those few minutes, you can't, those moments, we can't get back for from with our kids. As, mm-hmm. You know, yes. when I look back and our oldest just turned 17 and our Oh Mine and gosh. Charlie, I know, and our young, she's turning 16 in June, and then obviously I have, I adopted um, my youngest son on my own, but mm-hmm. the, our, mine and Charlie's two girls, I, I was like, fuck, it goes by, it really does go by so yeah. fast, yeah. and you just think, gosh, it's, I, I want those moments that have, you know, when they are, we're growing up to remember it being positive right. as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing's perfect, no. but and that's it, what whatever I, you can do. That's what I think my issue is too, is like my parents, they didn't divorce either. So I see them, I've probably seen them fight once, maybe twice in my 32 years. So I compare all my relationships <laughs> to them and I'm just like, no, we fight way too much. My parents never fought this much or like, <laughs> I had been together for how long? There's no way I could spend because we argue all the time. So it's like, it's always yeah. comparing that. And that's why. I, my parents didn't either. And yeah. I said to my dad, I go, you really fucked me up. I, me too. <laughs> I was, why did you yeah. let me think it's all a fairy fucking tale? You guys could have fought <laughs> at least once or twice a week yeah, just like, to make not? it seem somewhat. Because she said some shit yeah. to mom and she threw a plate or <laughs> anything. <laughs> Mikey, why'd you and so-and-so break up? Because we fought like four times last week. You and mom have never done that shit. I can't marry her. It's over. Well, it's a wrap. Rip <laughs> it in the butt. You know, I will say that, that despite my dad's, you know, my dad had a, a bad addiction too. Um, is it my mom? I'm probably by the grace of her. I never saw them fight. I know they did, but I just right. never saw it. Yeah. Whereas I know that's a thing for me. That Maybe was, that's what it was for us. I th- no, yeah. I think what, that we yeah. grew up that way. It was hard for me because I know yeah. my kids saw it. You know, I right. know they saw it. So it's kind of that tough thing that we'll still talk with them about. But you know what? Maybe that's okay because... Sure. Look at what we as adults were like. Okay, the fighting's not normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe it's it's a good thing that your kids saw a little bit of fighting. That's okay. Could be. Yeah. Look and, at it as a positive glass half full kind of thing. Thanks, brother. You got it. And I you appreciate know, it. just yeah. because parents fight sometimes, it doesn't mean they don't love each other. It doesn't mean it's right. okay. You can strong personalities. You can you know love hard and fight hard sometimes to a degree but it's uh i i don't know i think there's a happy medium with it but mm-hmm. yeah you know i think it's okay that your kids Do saw you- some stuff more with denise richards coming up for you guys we talk with her about supporting her kids in the path that they seem to want to take and potentially looks like they're going to be in the entertainment industry also random questions we asked denise what are some of her pet peeves Who would she want to sit down if she could have dinner with anyone? Well, it turns out it's a dinner party, but what famous rock band is it that she would like to have at that party? And don't forget, pick up Carlos Vieira's autobiography, Knocking Doors Down Right Now, with all the proceeds from the sale of the book benefiting the Carlos Vieira Foundation. That link is in the podcast description. We'll be right back. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. 
Join over 2 million worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer to you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. What makes this trimmer different than all the other trimmers, you may ask? A new multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock created for the people who like to travel. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. And look-wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil-stamped black chrome Manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code KDD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This episode of the Knocking Doors Down podcast brought to you by Podcorn. Yeah, if you're a podcaster and you've yet to hear about Podcorn, it's been phenomenal for us. It allows us to reach out to sponsors that directly correlate with our show's content. Plus, we get to set our own prices and negotiate with the sponsors themselves. It opens up an amazing opportunity for podcasters just like you and us. Not only does it give you sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, but you can also book interview segments, topical discussions, and more. You want to know what my favorite part is, though? There's no middleman. I don't have to go through another company when we want to talk to a sponsor. We talk to the sponsors directly, and so can you, by signing up with Podcorn. It's simple. Podcorn.com to get more info. So if you're like us, and you're a podcaster, and you want to cut out the middleman, no matter how how big your podcast is, there are tons of opportunities for great sponsors. Again, collaborate with these brands directly without any exclusivities. Another one of the great things, no matter how big or small your podcast is, you don't give up any rights to your podcast. And Podcorn, well, they're there to support you every step. They want to ensure that you're protected and compensated for the work you do for your brands. Fellow podcasters, with Podcorn, keep this in mind. Wherever you distribute your show, if it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, wherever you distribute it, your ads play there and you get credit with Podcorn and the sponsors that work with you. A huge thanks to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode of Knocking Doors Down. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast today by signing up at podcorn.com slash podcasters. Again, if you want that link, click it in the podcast description now. Now that the the girls 16, God, I didn't realize they were, because mine are the 13 months apart. They're 15? 15 months apart, yeah. So Sammy just turned <clears throat> 17 in March, and then Lola will be uh, 16 in June. He loves that name. I, I love, love Lola. Lola. Aww, thank you. My dog's name is Lola as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. So yeah. yeah. Um, how do you feel that you've kind of changed and just navigate, you know, career, love life so much more different than, be, you know, before the girls were born and now? And um, Well, I, I never, when I was, date, after my divorce, I did not want to be that mom that was, you know, 
bringing a man to the house. Right, I did not want to do that. So right. I would I would date, but I would lie and say I was going to like a business or something <laughs> just because they were younger. I didn't know how to handle and I probably handled it wrong doing that. I don't know. But I, I wanted to make sure whoever was in my life um, was someone that was important and that I loved before I would introduce them to the kids. Yeah, I know, of course. I mean, it could still fall apart and go sideways even after that, but at least it would be someone that you felt, I would feel that was, okay, this is someone that's stable and could be around the kids. That, and I think it takes time to get to know people. So I don't know. It's, it's not an easy thing, I think, dating when you're a single parent and trying to navigate that too and with the kids. And I mean, it, it's not, e- that part's not easy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was, you know, that's always the thing you wonder about. At least I wonder about because trying that. And you mentioned like that. I, I did have a relationship, although it ended. People go, oh, you know, well, it wasn't successful. No, I learned a lot of shit from right. it. So it was successful. It was you a know? learning experience. I, I dated happens. a few duds. I know you did too. Yeah, a few that were in the public course. eye. We'll talk about that off camera. Okay. But, <laughs> so, you know, I got a story like, oh, thank God that didn't. That guy's a dick. Um, but uh, I, it's, it's true. I can't I'll, wait to hear which one you're uh, yeah, I'm a little talk too. off camera. I'm not, yeah, off camera. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it doesn't mean that, you know, that it's unsuccessful just because Absolutely. it doesn't work out. It's just your journey with that person. And right. we all learn, I think, something from every person that comes into our life, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship or work, whatever. And so I, I agree with you. Like, just because something doesn't work out doesn't mean... You know, it's a, yeah. a failure. So I look at all my past relationships. They're just all learning right. experience. I know what I don't want. Now, now I it's know what I don't want. It's the journey of that with that person. <laughs> Mikey, exactly. just ended a little earlier than maybe you thought. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's so narrowed into what he doesn't want. It's like, I, okay, I, I know what I want. I know what I don't want. fucking person doesn't exist, pal. So what what do you want? Or is it? Is the probably list? easier telling you what I don't okay, want? Okay, I was just gonna ask you that. <laughs> um. Try. I don't. I yeah. No. But being in the car when we talk about it, it's no problem. But sitting next to Denise Richards, telling about it, and I'm so on are camera. So you dating and all anyone right now? No. Oh, no. oh. Okay. I mean, there's a couple of prospects. You got to ask someone that question finally. Well, right? it sounded like the last one may have not ended so well. Wow. Does it? Did I say? Yeah. I didn't say anything. Uh-huh. Oh, the last one ended horribly. Well, the way you said no, I took it as the last one ended not. You're absolutely so right. Positive. The last one ended horribly. <laughs> okay, but that's what I it was a learning. <laughs> it was a shit experience. show. Well, that's because yeah, he's seen me in some of those moments where it was just like, "Hey, Jason, what's up? I'll be right back. Gotta go deal with this over here." And it oh, was just, yeah. you know, it was just not good at all. And I. I just, I don't know. When I see little signs or bits and pieces, I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I I just, I just travel a lot for work. It's just not a good time for me right now. So I'm going to have to cut this off right now. On to the next one. If I see a red flag, you know what? And it, I don't think it's bad being picky. No. You don't want to settle. It's okay to be picky. Yeah. And my mom, like, I'm the last Naraki boy. Mm. So they say, oh my gosh, like, do you feel any kind of pressure? And I'm like, no, not at all. Because if I die with the name, then... I took the name. Who better? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Out with me. I'm just kidding. No, but I get it. But um, yeah. yeah, no. So enough about me. Enough about well, me. Well, I'm very curious about okay. it too because you're single. Um, this is a conversation. I and just a lot of people are single in our world, so a lot of people are interested in this. Yeah. Cock, confident, not cocky, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Obviously, no drugs or whatever, and the whole partying thing. I'm not going to judge if you do it. Keep it minimal, though. Right. Like, not every night. 
not all the right. time or whatever. Just those are just some of the little ones that we'll go into because well, a, a lot of the other motivated. ones got a little so obviously obviously you like women that have a lot of tattoos no well, and or? a lot of people think that i would but no like i mean i'm if a pretty young lady who's awesome motivated great job if she's covered in tattoos and we click then so be it but i don't really have a type mm. i really i mean i've dated all different races and stuff like that so it's not so you don't have a physical type. It's more no. the chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a vibe. Okay. Well, that's good. We got a vibe. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> so if, if the vibe's good, then yeah, like red, black, blonde, brunette, hair, that doesn't matter. It's whatever. Yeah. It's weird. All right. Yeah, I'm just waiting know. to see it. What else, Denise? What else? Uncle Jason can approve. This is fun. I, I have a question. Sure. Okay, so I have a nephew that has a lot of tattoos as well. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I said to him was, be careful tattooing <clears throat> your neck and your hands. Mm-hmm. And he did. Right. And I, only because, not because I gave a shit, but some <laughs> people, no, people are very judgmental. Oh, absolutely. And oh, yeah. he's 26. And I, he found after he did that, it was hard for him in certain places. People assumed that he was in prison or when he got a job, um, he got a job at, I'm not going to say where it was because it's all the place. <laughs> And but they made him stay in the back of the restaurant. He wasn't oh, allowed to screw be. That. So I was just curious. How, have you had them for a long time on your hands? I've had them for a very long time. And hands, did, neck, side and of the did face. Did you find afterwards that people responded differently once they went to the hand and the neck? You know what I? The older generation clenches their purse up a little bit oh, when no. i walk by um i, I get followed one. by like security like the secret security like in stores when i'll go to a store but i eat it up i love it you do because i wasn't born this way i did this to myself my so i accept those consequences you know what i mean so i remember i tried on a jacket one time and i saw the security guard not being slick about it at all there was a wall right here and he'd be like this looking at me like that <laughs> and i'm obvious i can obviously see him so i put on the jacket and then i continue to you know walk around shop or whatever then i'll grab a shirt or two here or there and i put it up at the register still wearing the jacket and i told the cashier i'm fucking with your security guard can you bring up this jacket but i'm gonna keep it on and he was like oh yeah dude for sure no worries that's so funny and then yeah, so i paid with paul blard over here and then he followed me outside he goes sir and i was just like what's up and he goes the jacket and i was like what about it and he was like come with me and i was like check out my receipt dude quit being so damn judgmental <laughs> and then See? i walked back to the car Good so to answer your question yes it does happen to me right. but being i don't think as blatant as staying in the back of a restaurant that's really rude mm -hmm. i walked into a sunglass hut <clears throat> well, he was working there. They would not let him. Yeah, no, that's yeah, not okay. I know. It's that not okay. No, it's terrible. I walked into a sunglass hut and I was like, oh, can I try these on? And she was like, oh, those are $300. And didn't grab them. She just told me the price. And I'm like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I was like, now I'm just going to buy them in spite of you, even if they look stupid on me. And I told him he's going to have the be pretty woman too. moment where he comes back. Big mistake. Paris, he's like, big you work on commission. No, you big yeah. mistake. Big mistake. <laughs> no, it's terrible. The judgment is terrible. I yeah. was very curious. And like I said, my, my nephew's now a tattoo artist. And Good for him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, and he's a recovering addict. Mm. Um, so he's had a journey as well. And, um, and it's, you know, it's, I was just telling him, just 
be aware of people are so fucking judgmental. Oh, absolutely. And, it, you know, but do what you want to do. So yeah. I'm just curious. Well, and that's what I had posted too, because when the lady had clinched her purse, I'm like, ma'am, these tattoos cost more than your purse. Okay, you can relax. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you said that. <laughs> you can relax on right. the purse thing. Yeah. yeah, they don't. That's good to know. Good times. Good stuff. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, do you have any, speaking of like those, did you have any kind of horror story situations? I mean, other than what was in the tabloids, but like people oh, actually like <laughs> verbally, like face-to-face -face stuff where people were just mean? Did you ever have to? God, um, I hope not. I think, I mean, people are very brave behind a computer. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> See, it's like, you're so damn sweet. Like, this is the first well, time we met, but you're so nice. Like, you. I can't imagine they would just be um, to your face. To my face. Face, not that I can recall off the top of my head, but definitely, obviously. Yeah, the keyboard you know, warriars. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, and they, We're starting are, they to get can be very. Uh, it's 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 terrible how judgmental people can be or think that they know you oh, off yeah. of you know yeah. whatever and believe everything they read. Oh yeah, even uh -huh. if it's not true. You know, for me, it's like I struggle enough in my own fucking head that like I like everybody's got so much rope with me like. He's, you've even told me like, you're a little too nice, you know, so boundaries, I'm working nice. on boundaries. Like that's a big area for me and like part of my recovery that I've really identified. But it's like, I'm, I struggle enough in, in here with nutty shit about myself. It's like, why am I going to look at other people and like, I get it. I get right. it. You know, I get it. You why something don't can seem go like wrong. you're from California. Why really? You really don't. Mike Sorrentino said we look exactly you how we pictures West are, Coast. I mean... I've obviously lived here for a very long time, forever. Mm -hmm. My kids are being raised here, but I, you, you seem very, um, you're just very grounded. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I find some of the people that are from here are, uh, it's, it's growing up here. I is a, it's a little different than mm -hmm. where I grew up, but, uh, you seem very down to earth and very grounded. So it's very well, refreshing to, to see that. Yeah, well, I was born well, in a little you. town. Well, it's not as small as it used to be called Salinas. It's mostly mm -hmm. known for lettuce growing there. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, humble, you know. That's good. Working though. parents. Good. and Oh, me, I mean, you met me six years ago. You probably would have went, oh, fuck this guy. I'm not going to talk to him because I was off on the lunar lander then, you know. Is that when you got sober was six years ago? Uh, no, it took me a long time uh, after my divorce. And then I had a stretch of about almost two years and then a relapse and then it's you know since then so we started this over a year About ago, a year ago. So, oh, good yeah. for you. so yeah so you that's know just starting it over working it you that's know. good yeah and what was your your poison booze booze yeah i tried some of the drugs but eh, nope something about booze once traumatic stuff kind of got reactivated right. uh, mid late 20s and um mm. it was like pff, it was off to the races well good for you though yeah thank you Appreciate no, you're welcome. It. Yeah, I know it's a journey. It's you know. Yeah, yeah it's a lifelong, yeah. long thing, you know. So, and I know, and I, you know, now, like I said, with you know, identifying boundaries, working on that, that it was a it really. It's so connected mental, mental health wise. So many people. I mean, very rarely have I have we spoke to people where mm -hmm. they say. No, I had a good upbringing, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I got injured playing sports. I got oxycotton. I, I was off to the races. No traumatic, you know. Most of our people, there is trauma there. Right. You know. That's how it was with me too. I had a great upbringing. Nothing negative to say about my parents at all. How they did it is exactly how I would want to do it because mm -hmm. they were and are great. I just got hooked cocaine. You know, it just happened. 
I don't know what happened. It just happened. And I loved it. And ever like how you said, people wouldn't want to know me six years ago. But mm. for me, I felt like I was a delight. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure other people would tell you different. But moods aside, when you're under the influence or not, you're killing yourself. So it's best right. to just not. It's best yeah, I was fun. Not. Well, it's not like you never drank with me. I was fun till a certain point. Because <laughs> okay. it's that you hear so often, it stopped working kind of a thing right. you know then it was like well now i can't sleep all right well i'll go get a, a 30 pack of beer and then you wake up the next day and there's two left and you're like how the fuck did that happen you know and i'm built like this right. and i could do that in i could do 20 beers in three hours four hours wow you know? and so i was never awake and drink kind of a guy or any of that stuff right. throughout the day but boy you know it was just Nighttime, sun goes down, demons sneak in, and there you <laughs> right. go. It's like, right. so, oh, which was it. funny, Charlie and I were joking about that. He's like, what's better than a cocktail in the morning? I'm like, well, fucking everything, really. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, uh, speaking of tattoos, he, I can't be an actor now. Charlie Sheen said, probably yeah. not. He said, no Why cigarettes and no tattoos. No, he said, no, he said. And he, crack. He said, but I don't no, smoke crack. No, no pipe, no tats, and he's got the tats. But. Yeah, so, that, well, that's just what he says. That's the advice he gives to people. Who oh, are wanting to be an actor? That's bullshit. Well, I, as far as the tattoos, you could still be an actor with right. your tattoos. Okay. You can. Got There's it. a lot of actors with tattoos. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he did all right. But those yeah, people are established. Like, Charlie's got some. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has some. Johnny Depp's got a ton. Yeah. Danny true. Trejo. But they're all established in Hollywood. Everybody knows they're fantastic actors. Everybody knows what they can do and what they can. But, like, Mikey, they're like, you're okay you're good. He's okay. You're covered in tattoos. We're going to go with him because you're going to be a bigger pain in the ass to deal with in the makeup. Because it's going to take like four hours. <laughs> it's a, it is a lot of makeup coverage. Yeah. That is yeah. for him. Maybe if Sons of Anarchy does a movie, they can hit me up. Or if you ever need like a you know drug dealer or somebody in jail, tattoos would come perfect. Why are you going to play the stereotype? That's the stereotype. Maybe. You didn't let me finish. That's the stereotype. <laughs> well, Denise well, Richard said it was true, Jason. Well, uh, well, I was giving advice to my nephew that people are very judgmental. Mm -hmm. And they will assume... He just got out of prison. Sure, I've them. gotten that. Yeah, That's yeah. Not that I mean, I love his tattoos. I think they're yeah. beautiful and the works. You know, it's it's a way to show your expression it, right on your body. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, if I had had more money, uh, you know, kids are expensive, like you said, they're Denise. Expensive. Yeah, I, expensive. I definitely would have more. But I know for me, everything that I do have, it's covered, but is personal. It's part of that journey. You know, right? Do you have Absolutely. any tattoos? I do. Yeah. I, well, I've one. Well, yeah, well, well, technically, too. I had Charlie's name on my ankle. Did you? But I didn't remove it. Oh, you got to tell her. Go I, ahead, Charlie. Okay. So you have Charlie's name and what? On my ankle, and then I didn't have it removed, so I had it covered. So he's in the... I have a fairy, and uh, his name's in the wings. <laughs> got you. That's cool. I had an ex's name covered up right here as well. We don't, oh, Oh, that looks good. But it's, I mean, you could still kind of see it if we were to. Uh, yeah, you can see mine too. Yeah. If you really, but, really look hard. But even still, I don't regret any of them. I There's not one tattoo that I regret. My dad's like, you got your face. You're you're never going to be able to get a job. It's like, I have a job full time. <laughs> like, insurance. We're good. I'm yeah. set. He's like, well, well you're going to get some looks. I'm like, all right, this conversation's done. I'm not worried about the looks. <laughs> That's right. I might from your future daughter-in-law, dad. Now, shut up. <laughs> So, uh, thank you for <laughs> for lambasting Mikey with me for one, but being so open. Um, what's going on now, project-wise? Of course, you know, 
married now and got the three kids and married what? three kids i've been working on a project uh back and forth from spain yeah you were talking and about that. uh it's really cool it's uh called glow in darkness um jane seymour she plays my mom oh, oh nice. wow so we've had a lot of fun on it and i'm i also have been shooting uh it's called paper empire and i started that probably a year and a half ago in miami mm-hmm. and we just shot some stuff um out here and wesley snipes in it and steve gutenberg and nice. robert davi and and archer and it's really cool and uh and also i'm i do bold and the beautiful yeah. which is nice because it shoots in la <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> do you ever thought you'd be doing a soap no I uh, I was always terrified of doing a soap yeah. because I've had a lot of friends over the years that have done soaps and um, had told me that it, the pace of it and everything. And so when they first asked me, I uh, signed on to do three months to see. Cause, and my first day, my first real day there, I had uh, over 50 pages of dialogue. Oh, holy shit. I had to shoot three episodes. And I was terrified. I was oh, doing yeah. press in New York and flew into L.A., and got to set at 10 in the morning and had to just do all my and they're back to back and yeah. it's like a well-oiled machine and yeah. if you can get it on one take they'd love to move on after that one yeah. take but i actually i love the pace of it and i love the people and brad bell our boss is amazing and you know it starts at the top and rolls down and he has created such a beautiful wonderful family environment on set so i signed on after that to do uh two years on the show and i absolutely i really really love it i like that it's quick and fast and and he's so great also letting me do other projects too which has been wonderful and um, but I, I actually like doing it. We were the first production in L.A. after the pandemic really? to come back, which was a lot of pressure to make uh, sure, sure everyone was good and safe. I can imagine. Yeah, that would be. It's a weird it's weird now shooting. Yeah. We all have to wear masks uh, on set until we actually physically tape. We have to be six feet apart from each other. Actually, I think it's eight feet. Um, I've had to act to a mannequin. Um, my husband stepped in for uh, a scene where I'm kissing my co-star. So it's, but you know, they made it work and sure. we're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, that's when we get innovative, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to figure it out. I mean, this is the time that we're living in and dealing with. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. And hopefully we can, Yeah, we'll get beyond this at some <laughs> point. Um, at some point. We like to uh, always have our guests leave us with kind of a final words, words of encouragement, you know, some thoughts. But before that, we want to have some fun. And these are just random questions. Okay. Just to enjoy for shits and giggles. I love shits and giggles. Who doesn't love shits and giggles? <laughs> Mikey. If you could have dinner with anybody in the entire world, hmm. living or not, besides me, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> um... Aside from family. Right. Yeah. Okay. So obvi- like your husband, obviously, but like just anybody. Well, yeah, I can see mom. Yeah. I mean, and family I would love to well, have my yeah, mom. So sure. we'll put her aside. Mm-hmm. Oops. We'll put my mom aside. Okay. Um, anyone in the world. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that. Want to come back to it? I'm going to come back okay. to that one. There's too many people. Oh, I get it. I would love to. How about a, uh, well, maybe a dinner party. So we'll come back Dude, to that yeah, one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How about two? Give us two then, if you could narrow it down to two. We'll give her time. Ask ask her. All right, ask me another question. Pet peeves. I love pet peeves. Oh, pet peeve? 
You live yeah. in California. I'm sure you got oh a lot. <laughs> Besides the traffic that, that oh, pissed well, you yeah, off the today. Tra- the, well, that was an accident. So yeah. you're always like grateful that it wasn't, you know. Yes. Of course. So it's okay. But um, people, though, with that said, people do not know how to freaking drive around here. Nope. I can't. <laughs> I agree. No, they, they really yeah. I just don't like people acting entitled and just rude. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I, I have, I can't stand it. And also when people treat people depending on what you do for a living or whatever, I, I everyone's equal. You know, it's interesting. I, um, my husband has a, uh, um, a wellness center and, uh, I, I've lately been answering the phone there and they don't know that it's me that answers. And there's a few rude people that call, I will say that. But then the minute I, and they treat me not so nice, some of them, and then they treat me like, what do you, you don't know what you're talking about. How would you know what this is or that? Well, because my husband owns a place, I'm his wife. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, and they, and I I don't like that. All of a sudden. Yeah, Yeah. just be nice to Everyone. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So I have a pet peeve about that too. Yeah. Treat the CEO the same way you treat the janitor. Just treat yeah, everybody the just same. Be no one's here or here. We're yeah. we all go to bed. We all go potty. We all yeah, you know. Right. You know what I mean? So well, was it uh, what me? We're all gonna lie. We're all gonna cry, and we're all gonna shit our pants. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, just it's exactly. <laughs> okay, so if they were to make a movie about you in your life, who would you want to cast to play yourself? Well, I mean, the easy would be my oldest daughter. Oh yeah, yeah that'd be a good one. Yeah, she would. She would. You know. Do the girls have any of the bug? I was a gonna, little do bit. Do they want to act in so all of So our oldest or? daughter just signed with a modeling agency. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, I think Lola, though, has the bug of acting. Mm. Like, I think Sammy, I think, is more wanting to get into... Now, I would probably be misquoting her, but <laughs> my perception <laughs> as her mother, uh, she's very creative, too. Uh, I would, like, in directing, and mm-hmm. she's definitely express an interest in that and i think she would actually do very well um doing that but lola i think is more wanting to be in front of the camera and i'm not one of these actors that's like i don't want my kid to do that because it's i've had such a wonderful life and career and i've been blessed with doing what my passion is and my parents even if they behind closed doors were like what the fuck (laughs) thinking doing this Mm -hmm. and never forget my dad read me the statistics when i first started well you know how many people in sag are not working and i'm like all right dad i'm gonna be that percentage in sag that is working (laughs) you know and but he still encouraged me even if he was still telling my mom i don't know behind closed doors like i wish she'd do something else i don't know they never let me know that so that's one thing that i've always i want to support my daughters whatever they want to do and follow their passion because that's such a gift and a blessing to be able to do what you love and you had that support as well too so you want to give it to them yeah i do Mm -hmm. i really do yeah, no matter what it is. We yeah. only get one role with this thing, you know? It's, it's like, why do you want to be that old? Oh, if I'd only, if I'd only, you know? Yeah. Like, and it might not be whatever they pursue. It might not be something I would want them to or who knows, but it doesn't matter. I really, truly want them to just follow their passion mm-hmm. because I think in life, also yeah. dealing with stuff, you know, yeah. if, if you have a passion that you can fall back on with with 
going through struggles and challenges in your life, it's such a gift and a blessing no matter what it is. So I think it's a huge thing. All right, here's a fun one. (laughs) If you were on a deserted island and you could have just one movie and one music album, what would they be? Uh, The music album would have to be something from Guns N' Roses. And it's <laughs> my all-time favorite. And um, I actually was gonna say I would love to go to dinner with all of them. That was all of them, them would be okay. <laughs> who of Guns and Roses? I love all of them. Let me tell you mine. I would say Slash because I love Guns and Roses so much, and I heard Axel was a, kind of a dick. I don't want to hate him, so I don't want to meet him. I see. You That's know what I mean? So, right. and I've met Slash, but great you may, guy. You may love <clears throat> Axel. I may, but I don't want to <laughs> risk it because my whole life I've just been so obsessed okay, with that band. how about Led Zeppelin then? Oh, That's still badass. <laughs> Either would be still badass. Yeah, like me, I'm Led a huge Zeppelin. Prince fan. I, I would have been nervous to have sat yeah, with no, the band. You know? Me too. I would be nervous with that one too. Yeah, because when we talked to Carmen, we had talked, Carmen Electra, we had talked to her about it. But Okay, so movie. But you the got, movie... Mm, I, I like comedies. Yeah. I'm, I I mean, I love, I like stand up a lot. So I like to watch, right now we've been really into watching a lot of uh, the comedians on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we've watched a lot during the lockdown. Um, but movie, you know, any, I, I mean, I just love any comedy. Yeah. I don't even know which one I could even say. Surprised you didn't double up on Grease. Grease soundtrack and you know, Grease. I, movie. I, I was. I could do Grease too, but I, I. I just love. I love to laugh, so I love comedies. Awesome, Mikey. Given any thought to the dinner one, or are we sticking well, with no, the GNR? Well, no. I think we're going to do GNR. GNR. Okay. Yeah, let's have yeah. dinner with them, and you know. Maybe do we like, go all the members original incar- incarnation yeah. or do we go like Matt's appetite for Steven destruction Adler. all of like, them all, of them. <laughs> all of the above yeah. i was gonna yeah because matt sorum and steven adler they're both dope i would I love would, to talk to both of them i would have a, i think duff for me would be the one but i'm a big face we're gonna have a dinner guy. party we're gonna have a dinner, have party. A dinner party with okay. all of them excellent all right. Are we invited? I was going to yeah, say, can I come? I'm going to have you guys there too. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Denise, we always like to have the guests leave leave um, any words of encouragement for the listening, viewers, all that stuff. Because, I mean, you just, these things, you just, you're so jovial. You just seem to navigate it so well. And well, it, thank you for saying you know. that. Um, I, I just, you know, whenever I'm going through something challenging, I always remember is someone always has it worse. And so truly, and I just have to be, you know, I went through a horrible divorce. Everything was public, all that stuff. And I, I had to get to a point where I couldn't even read anything, didn't want to hear about it. And, you know, I could have gone down another path, um, you know, but I had to just live in a bubble and really regroup and know what's important and focus on that. Because at the end of the day, who's there? at the yeah. end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think also, especially now with everyone going through a lot of different things and everyone's challenges are different and no matter what the circumstances are, it's, I, I really feel, okay, we just have to focus on what, and it sounds cliche, but it's tr- it's what's gotten me through stuff is someone ha- is in a worse off position than I am mm-hmm. and I have to be blessed for what I do have and my mom always said this too shall pass which is true and I just always try to focus on you know the glass is half full and not half empty because you know life can be challenging yeah 
Agreed. But it can be good and a blessing, and we just have yeah. to, uh, it's one day at a time. Yeah, those challenges give us val- the value of it all, don't they? They do, and it's, uh, you know, I know, obviously, you guys uh, dealing with recovery and all, the, I don't know if you follow this, this specific program mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it is true. We just have to, one day at a time and live yeah. in the moment and, you know, yeah. be hap- as blessed as we can and happy. Absolutely. That's right. Miss Denise Richards, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Well, thank you. It was such a pleasure to meet you guys. Wow, and hang out. <laughs> now you're flattering <laughs> us a little too And we're going to plan our dinner party. Excellent. All <laughs> right. Get GNR Deal. Online. Let's get it going. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. Would you look at that? We're going to a dinner party with Denise and Guns N' Roses. <laughs> my all-time favorite band, Denise's favorite band. Oh, my gosh. That would be pretty cool if that what happened. I mean, would be. It's happening. I got it's her ha- number and everything. It's happening. I'm just kidding. I didn't get her number. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. She was so sweet and jovial and open and honest and funny. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she actually had invited us to a dinner party and was serious about it. Like, oh, yeah, next time you guys come on down. I mean, I felt like she was serious, but, you know. You never know. It's interesting that we (laughs) talk to these celebrities because they say things and you take it with a grain of salt because we, you know, you don't know if they're serious. Maybe they were, you know. It's just not going to happen, Jason. Something you got (laughs) to let go. (laughs) Something you got to let go, buddy. It's... Uh, (laughs) <laughs> Shit. Well, it was a blast uh, talking with Denise, and we really do appreciate her time, her honesty, vulnerability, and uh, really letting some insight on some different aspects of her life. Uh, next week, Mikey. Chris Heron. That's right. You might know the name Chris Heron from ESPN's 30 for 30 Unguarded. Of course, Chris played college basketball not too far from us, uh, where our studio is located at in Fresno, California, went on to play in the NBA and then around the world. But uh, in the midst of all of it, he started his phases of addiction all the way back in high school. Yeah. So he opens up with us about that experience, uh, as well as what he's doing now with the Chris Heron Project, uh, his uh, work in the rehab community. Also, we'll get into some fun, random questions and find out some interesting facts about him that you uh, may not have known. So looking forward to speaking with Chris and oh, sharing yeah. that with you guys next week. Oh, yeah. Good talks for sure. And uh, we thank you all for listening to Knocking Doors Down. Don't forget, if you have yet to subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, if that's where you're listening, please subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And, uh, hey, spread the word. Of course, we're also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, on the iHeart Podcast app, Stitcher. You can find us everywhere. And, of course, get the video forms of our interviews by going to our YouTube channel. That link is also in the description. Mikey, anything else? No, I'm going home. On that note, people keep knocking doors down.
5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. Strengthening communities, providing resources, building awareness, empowering youth in need to overcome adversity and achieve success. This This is what the Carlos Vieira Foundation is all about. Through our campaigns, the race for autism, race to end the stigma, and race to be drug-free, we're able to help so many in need. Our goal is to provide support to families and children and give these families opportunities that might not normally arise. Learn more and find out how you can get involved. Visit carlosvierafoundation.org today. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.